week. I think this song is called Anyone Who Doesn't Believe in Climate Change Has Never Spent More Than 15 Minutes in My Living Room. <laughs> Why? <laughs> the Earth Isn't Flat. You fucking moron. <laughs> Dot com. Ah. Uh. Oh, Bill. Yeah. You know what? Like, the worst part of sitting in a 29-degree room inside your house for several days and sweating yeah, is that it's not even making me not fat. Like, I'd be willing to go through that if at least at the end I'd, you know, not be chubby anymore, but it's not. It's another one. You got me back to back. <laughs> but it's not. Oh, <laughs> uh, Internet. Do you know what podcast this is? Uh, number. I'm going to pull a Joe, uh, Joey Diaz right now. If not, then go fuck your mother. <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy. Oh, man. I just, I, the, the latest episode of his podcast where he's talking to Ari Shafir. Oh, see. Ari Shafir came back from his, like, spirit journey. I listened to the JRE of that. I oh, got, my You know God. what I got to do? I have to get rid of the JRE. Do you? I realize that it's the only link to the shit that drives me like into existential crises <laughs> it's getting to me through the JRE correct and it's like it sucks because those are good episodes but my brain just can't handle it anymore I'll just be sitting there and it'll be like dinner time Mary Lee will be like oh yeah you know how was your day well let me fucking tell you <laughs> did you know and I got rid of all that's why I got rid of all the social media and it's like it's still just coming through the JRE door so I'm gonna, I replaced it with uh, Tom Segura and uh, Christine Pazinski's uh, podcast, Your Mother's okay. House. Yeah, and yeah. then I downloaded the Burt cast, and then I might have to get Joey Diaz's podcast instead. Oh, man. Joey Diaz is very hit and miss. Well, and that's, and that's nice, too, because the problem is, is I've been listening to pretty much... The only episodes I don't listen to of any of the podcasts I have yeah. are the JREs where it's like... So and so is a ten-time jujitsu champion. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna get anything out of this. Yeah. Yeah, I might get like ten minutes out of it, but it's a three and a half hour episode. I'll, I'll let it pass. Yeah, there's there's definitely. Uh, I listen to maybe one out of every ten Joey Diaz podcasts, mm. or every episode where it's just him and his producer Lee Syatt. So they have these uh, uh, little gummy stars, I guess, and they're like uh, infused with marijuana, right? What is that? What's what? Uh, gummy stars are kind of like the things you used to eat when you were a kid. They're like fruit roll-up. No, what, what's the thing they're infused with? <laughs> I haven't heard of it. Um, and so when they first started eating these things, uh, Joey Diaz would take out the ones out of his producer's package and put super, super strong ones in those packages. And his whole thing was he's trying to get them like acclimated. To like being on Joey's level or whatever. Oh God! And he car- he calls them the stars of death, <laughs> right? And so to give you an idea, like a regular guest will come on, and if you cut the star, you cut all the the little arms off the star. A regular guest will eat one of the arms, and oh, these really? guys will eat like nine or ten stars, going deep. I could I couldn't handle that. Just going deep because I would need to willfully get all the different like parts of my heart beating in rhythm oh, intentionally yeah. oh. Oh, oh yeah have insane. a little pot it'll help you relax <laughs> it does the literal exact opposite <laughs> of that 
Um, okay, so here's the thing. Uh, before the podcast tonight, I went to this graduation for uh, daycare, believe it or not. Did There's, they play that vitamin C song? Uh, wow, what a throwback, right? Yes, sir. Wow, I uh, forgot that even existed. Da, na, na, na. Bah, bah, brown, brown. Oh, man. We will still be friends forever. What a terrible song. Oh, and that that was when the cynical douche inside of me awoke. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, tell me that person didn't write that song specifically to be the grad. It was called the graduation song. Yeah. And then there was that Colby Kaye song, like I Do or something like that. And you're just like, oh, do you get royalties from every wedding this is played at? <laughs> um, okay, so here's the problem that I generated out of the, <laughs> out of the graduation for three- and four-year-olds that I attended today. We were we meant to be friends because even I would find a reason. Oh, I just got so fucking mad. Okay, so they got all the chairs set up out in front here and all the kids, they're all staggered. So you can get good pictures of your kid no matter where they're sitting. And they come out, they say a little thing, then all the kids come out and they're wearing their little caps and gowns. It's the cutest thing ever. That sounds like such a waste of time. They go, it was actually awesome. They sit down and they're all having a good time. Okay, so about 20 feet away from them, directly out in front, you've got, you remember when you're in public school, the blue chairs? Yes. The blue chairs. three little slots in them. Yes. Yep. They've got the blue chairs set up for the parents and there's uh, six rows of 10, give or take. Mm -hmm. Everybody's sitting down. Okay. So when all the kids come out, you got your phone up, you got your camera up, you're snapping pictures, taking videos and whatever. Then they call each kid up to the front and they try and get this kid to shake a hand, but it's just, it's like herding cats. It's not going to happen. Okay, so first three kids go, my kid goes up and you basically like kind of sit up a little bit more, get your phone out, snap some pics, take some videos. And then as they start going down the line, parents are getting up and like going up out in front and like taking pictures of their kid and whatever okay so here's my two-phase problem with this number one now i can't fucking look at my kid for the 15 minutes that this is going to exist in my life i got your fat head in front of me that i gotta look at you while you're taking pictures of your kid second of all what the fuck is wrong with anything that the rest of us parents have been doing sit down and take your pictures I, here's the problem their pictures become more important than anybody else's pictures. Mm -hmm. And let alone did they they have to fucking warn people, please don't post these pictures on Facebook because all of our parents haven't agreed to have their kids posted on Facebook. They'll still do it. And, oh, yeah. You know, but it just, it comes across as that, like, my email is the most important one you'll read today. Mm -hmm. My picture of my child. Well, the rest of us are just sitting down here taking pictures. Like, whatever happened to just kind of... You know, first of all, I got a good seat because I showed up on time. Yeah. You know, and that's... Oh, man. I, I could go on and on. And, of course, it happens at the end of the day. And, like, you've already had to deal with the bullshit of work all day. You know, and so, like, it's, it's coming up in you. Yeah. And then when the first parent gets up, you're like, oh, of course. Yeah, go take your pictures, Fred. That's... I don't know. That's just the one thing that... And, again, I always have to pussy out and give all the little addendums ahead of time. But it's like, you know, I clearly recognize there's certain areas in my character where there's weaknesses and shit like that but it's like I just find the one thing that I don't know not everybody has it but the ones that do is so egregious where it's just like I mean I, I get at the end of the day and I agree with this that the only person you really have to account to is yourself 
you know, where it's like at the end of your life, your experience is going to be the culmination of all your choices and everything like that. So it's like, yeah, you know, you got to, you can be the nice guy forever and then you, you just get shit on and then, you know, it's like nobody cares anymore. You know, it's if you're waiting for that day when all the nice um, social things and the cues you follow and everything like that gets like celebrated or rewarded, it's never going to happen. Now, that doesn't give you carte blanche to go do, be a douchebag. But I understand why you do need to be a little selfish sometimes. But it's when you see shit like that where it's just like if everybody just sat down and wasn't that person, then everyone would be able to take pictures equally. And like, and that's why you have all kinds of stupid laws and stupid rules and everything like that. That's why I couldn't... Well, I've been fucking sick as balls for the last three weeks. And when I go to get uh, cough syrup after 8 p.m., I can't because they have them all locked up. Yeah. That's why. It's because those two or three <laughs> idiots who apparently don't want to make meth during the daytime, they only come in at nighttime to get it. But it's like you have to make these hard and fast rules. You know, no one's allowed to, in the next graduation, no one's allowed to get out of their seats. Well, you shouldn't have to make a rule for it because everyone should just inherently know that. Yeah. But there's so many people out there, man, when you just see them in public and you're like, the, I used to listen to Paul Verzi's podcast and he used to just read this thing in his uh, show called animals and people would send in like examples like that and then he'd just go off on how people are animals right and it's like yeah there's so many examples of that because is it that people are clueless or they intentionally don't care intentionally i'm convinced you know i'm reading a book right now called the way of men and uh what you were just saying about you know like i hope you're not waiting for the golden parade when everybody says wow you've been such a nice guy your whole life mm-hmm this book basically looks at the difference between being a good man and being good at being a man, you know? And so it's like, it's things like um, not being a dick, but also not being afraid to stand up and say, hey. I, I mean, I look, at my, I look at my dad who instilled a great, great work ethic in me. And then it took me to be about, it, it took him till he was in his 60s and retired to realize that Oh, fuck, I've, I've worked this entire career. I had like 10 years in a row without a sick day. That doesn't mean he wasn't sick in 10 years. That means he just never called in sick in 10 years. And at the end of it, he got a pen. Yeah. You know, and it's like... Oh, that burns, man. Now, that's the thing, though, is, is that if you're... It's scary. If you're working through illnesses and you're not taking the time off that you need and you're coming to work sick because you think you're going to get like... I don't know, they're going to pay your mortgage off or they're going to send you to Hawaii or something like that, then you're wasting your time. But at the same time, you would think that that would be valued. At the, at the same time, you think that's more valuable. Yeah. But so it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I, I learned at like 30 that it's like, oh, okay, well, if I don't feel good enough to go to work, then I'm just not going to go to work, you know? Yeah. And that's because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you know, you see all these examples of when you could recycle every single day of your life. And it's yeah. like but there's billions of people out there that don't. That doesn't mean it's not important because it's so egregious when, like, the people that you describe that, you know, oh, I'm just going to go get up and stand in front of everybody to take pictures of my kid closely because, well, that's my kid. It's like, okay, but you would be, you'd be pissed off if somebody else went and did it. It's yeah. just that, that hypocrisy, you know, where it's like... I didn't say anything to my wife either because I was like, I don't want to come across as, like, the, you know... Um, the wrinkly the old man. guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in the same sense, like I wasn't necessarily angry. You know what I'm saying? No, but you know, it, you just you noticed. I it. noticed it, and I was like, "What the fuck is like?" There's enough inside of me that I would never have said anything. Because, of course. 
you know, you'd just it's not get the, the societal dick slap, and you'd be that guy painted forever. And then it's funny that if every everyone in that room would agree with you, though. There's probably like a bunch of people that are thinking that. But if you point it out and you say it, now you're the bad guy. Yeah. It's easy. I'm really tattooed. It's like the loud... So I, can be the, I can be that guy really easy. <laughs> it's like the loud person in the restaurant, you know? Is talking really loud and, uh, you know, like they need to show everybody what a good time they're having. Yeah. And it's just like, can, can you not just... Like, is your good time hindered by everybody else's good time? Like, can't you just have a good time? It's like, look at this whiny bastard. And it's like, well, but that's the thing, though. It's like, cause the problem I have with it is when you see people doing it, you know they're doing it on purpose. You know, because it's just like they make eye contact with you or something because they're looking for your reaction. Yeah. And you're like, so not only is it, this guy's not a clueless idiot. My he, kid does that when he farts. He makes it's, eye contact it's with a, you? It's the same thing. He just wants, he just wants me to laugh. Well, like that's what the guy in the that. restaurant does, you know? I just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it, you know? I, I just don't get that stuff. But I don't know whether I'm just more, like the nerve is raw now, so that stuff really drives me crazy. Or whether it, ha- and I notice it more, or whether it actually happens right. more. It's funny, I watched that Samurai Gourmet show, which is like one of my favorite TV shows on Netflix. And uh, the guy is like, you know, it's like set in Japan and everything like that. And I don't know anything about Japan, I've never been there. But Jesse has said, you know, there's a lot of order, there's a lot of social rules and everything like that, etiquette and things like that. And it's just like, I don't know, man, I'm, I am totally cool with that. You know, like if you... I've said it a hundred times on this podcast. Like, I don't... There's something that just really aggravates me when someone throws their cigarette out the window. Yeah. Like, to me, there's no bigger fuck you than that. And there, sh- there should be a million things ahead of that in the list, but... Or, like, when someone's, like, at the mall or something and they're walking back in and, and they're just smoking in front of the area where everybody walks through. And it's yeah. like, you know, like... I don't know. Like, I, it doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't bother me as in like, oh, I have to smell their smoke. whoop fucking do What bothers me is the fact that they're ignorant to the fact that now they're making everybody have to breathe their shit when they walk through. And then they walk right past the spot that's there and designated to put your cigarette butts in, and they throw it on the ground. It's just like, are you doing that on purpose? <laughs> are you doing it on purpose? Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, people are shitty. Let's flip the script because I have a million questions. Okay. Why exactly? There is zero possible way that I could segue into this topic. Okay. Why are enclosures that have self-contained ecosystems so fucking cool? Uh, they, they just are. Why? Um, <laughs> that was very Jocko of me. Why? It's because you get to play God, and if you decide that those fish aren't going to live anymore, you can make it so. I'm just going to, no. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's because you are, you're creating something that exists in nature that doesn't belong where you're creating it. You know what I mean? Where it's like my favorite part of the aquarium process is creating the, the scene, for lack of a better word. Like I like choosing the sand, choosing and placing the plants, picking the rocks, and then fitting the fish in according to that. So in that way, when somebody sees it, it's like they, it's like this neat scene they'd come across in nature. You yeah. Know? Like, I don't know. I, I like that. I like that for that reason. I, I mean, I don't even sit there and I mean, maybe I should, but I don't even sit there and like watch my fish. I mean, I appreciate them and I'm happy to have them. But the funnest part for me is the creation of the tank, the selecting the plants, selecting the fish. And once it's done, 
I'll never get as much enjoyment out of it after it's completed as I did before it was completed, you know? Sure. It's like the planning of it. And then, and then, cause then after that, it's, it's work with no payoff. It's, oh, my water chemistry is all fucked or my stupid goddamn filter keeps getting sand in it and it grinds to a halt. And yeah, that was happening to me earlier this week. <laughs> and I was ready to just download the Kijiji app. And oh, I was so mad, man. I uh, I just dropped this on my wife before I came here because that's the that's the best possible way that you can make decisions is on the last ninety seconds before you leave for the night. Hey, by the way, remember the stuff we're doing in the kitchen? I'm gonna add a lizard to it. That um, sucks too because I just got rid of a bearded dragon enclosure that had everything. Oh really? Yeah, it was the tank, it was the lights, the water pump, the sand, the dish, I'm everything. Gonna, I'm gonna bring up a picture of this. I just got rid of it. This little thing. I found actually a. Uh, I was going to contact them and see if they wanted to come on tonight to answer a bunch of questions, but then I was like, ah, fuck it. Um, let me bring it up here. They are called Crested Geckos. Mm. Okay, so... Um, Do they look like the little dinosaur that spits the tar in Jurassic Park? Uh, no, that has the flippy-outy things around its neck. Yeah. No. That's and I believe that's the uh, scientific term for them. That's Flippy a crested out. gecko. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so they're like... I remember, yeah, I wanted a gecko, and uh, that's what actually brought me into the, into the uh, pet store like 15 years ago when I got my first aquarium and I ended up getting fish. And that was like before I realized, you know, the ammonia cycle and everything like that. And, um, yeah, man, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, I just... There, there's something like in the fish keeper you know fraternity or whatever you call it where uh it's called mts uh-huh. it's called multiple tank syndrome okay so it's like <laughs> and i absolutely had that i remember saying i'm like i only need five tanks i want the really colorful live bearer tank with like guppies and mollies and platies and everything like that and they'll just essentially live bear and they'll just have babies so in that way your your tank's like almost always stocked right okay it, it's like nature would be Overfilter everything, keep everything clean, and then just let them do their thing, maintain their health. And then I wanted like the neat, um, like brown sand, driftwood, tall Amazon sword plants, and like um, what did they call them? Black skirt Tetris style um, fish, so like gray and black, like monochrome. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted the uh, like the big fish like the silver dollars yeah 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 the large suckers you know so instead of having like 50 fish in the 60 gallon tank you have like five yeah yeah and then i wanted (laughs) i wanted a tank that was all like the guy because the coolest fish to me are the dudes that hang around the bottom like loaches and corridors and stuff like that yeah and then it was like and then i need a goldfish tank and i'm done like i'm completely finished i have a hundred percent achievement completed of all the fish tanks I want. Uh-huh. And right now I only and have then? four tanks. And it's just like, when are these fuckers all going to die? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <coughs> it just, um, it's not nearly as much work as everyone makes it sound like it is. It's just, you can, I, I went like two years but never had any problems with my tanks. And I made one change in one tank where I got rid of rocks on the bottom and I put in sand. And, I mean, I could change my filter. I just, I don't have fish money right now. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could make a reasonably cheap filter myself. It's just I need to prepare it, and then I need to make it. And I don't have the desire to, because what keeps happening is every time I do water changes and you get, like, the little siphon in there, um, sand gets sucked up into the filter, 
and then the grit from the sand gets into the little mechanism that spins to keep the siphon going, to keep your filters going, the little hang on the back filters. Yeah. And it keeps either grinding and making a real loud noise that you can hear from every room in the house, or you just hear like, and then it, and then like, and it oh, lost yeah, yeah. your prime and all the water fell out. And eventually when it decides to start running again, it's going to run dry and then it's going to burn the motor out. Yeah. And it's just like, when everything was working fine, it was amazing. Changing water is no problem. You put podcasts on and you just go change the water. Yeah. But when little finicky shit like that starts falling apart, it, it really sucks the fun out of it, you know? It can be, it can really be um, an expensive hobby if you let it be a really expensive hobby. Um, like fish and stuff. I know you're looking yeah. for beyond that. But um, yeah, fish keeping can be a very reasonably priced hobby if you start reasonably priced. But then it's like, see, I bought everything from PetSmart because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know X is better than Y or I can sure. DIY this, like that Joey Mullen guy, like does everything from scratch. Yeah. So I, I kind of I can't take apart and piecemeal what I have. I need to like do a whole overhaul and I'm just not interested in that right now. Yeah. So this, uh, this one that I looked up, they don't eat bugs. So or like they eat them, but it's like a snack you can give them. They eat this like it's almost like baby food. It's oh, like, like a, a nutrient paste or something? Essentially, yeah. And so uh, that was the big sell, that there's not going to be a pail of crickets at any one time in the house. Dude, get some mealworms and just grow <laughs> your own mealworms. It's so much fun. That can't be that difficult. <laughs> you Just give them food, give them somewhere to live. You get a Tupperware container, you drill some holes in the top, you get a big old bag of oatmeal, you dump it in the bucket, you buy 10, 15 mealworms from the... Pet store, you dump them into the oatmeal and wait two weeks. Now yeah, you got yeah. beetles running around. Then you have pupa, and then you have worms. It's like, and then eventually they're gonna eat all the oatmeal, and you just kind of dump them all out. And um, you, so you you like sift them all out so you have the beetles, and then you can or the worms or whatever because the life cycle is just gonna continue. So if you take ten, fifteen beetles out and put them in a new Tupperware container full of oatmeal, you'll in a couple of weeks again you'll have. Larva, pupa, and beetles again. Hmm. And then you just... I mean, they're not all that cost prohibitive to buy. It's just it's kind of neat to watch the little... Yeah, 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 Especially with a little guy, right? Well, that's... what. Uh, I mean, I'm beyond Jack to get this going to put crickets in there and be like, okay, watch them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, this uh, particular guy doesn't need... Uh, like any special lights or anything like that. That's He's good. That's helpful. Just comfortable in room temperature, nocturnal, so I don't need like some weird on-off, 12-on, 12-off light or anything like that. Those are you. They're super easy. Uh, you just get like a. It's not even 20 bucks. Just like the little dial that you push the pins down for when you want it on, and then pull them up for when you want them off, and just leave the light on, and I'll just click on and click off. Oh, it's super easy. I have that with my lights in my aquarium. So the. One of the things I'm very specifically interested in, you will know where I'm talking about. You know, in my kitchen, there's that weird corner where I currently have a bench because there's nothing else that can fucking go there. Yeah. Nobody ever sits in the bench, but it's a weird corner. Yeah. And there's a nice window there. So I'd like to stick it right there because there's natural light coming in there all afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the question I have for you. So the, one of the things that specifically interests me is having live plants in there. Uh, as opposed to a bunch of synthetic stuff. Yep. Um, it doesn't look terribly... It just looks like potted plants to me. Mm-hmm. What I don't understand is... Uh, there's a whole bunch of terms I don't understand. 
Yeah. So yeah. it's just the, the catch words, right? Yeah. So, for example, I see when they're outfitting one of these things or one of these enclosures, uh, it goes rocks or something like rocks on the bottom, then a screen, then what I determine to be soil material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like in, so they, they call it like substrate yeah yeah and i'm like that no that's just just dirt bro there's <laughs> <coughs> um so the one the one thing because i i did like a terrarium just for plants i never put any animals in it because i know it's separate from aquariums right um yeah but so the same limitations are there but they all they have their unique benefits and, and problems so like um it's a self-contained universe so what that means, is, so the problem with um, fish, because I don't know anything about lizards because sure. I haven't had them, but so the problem with fish is that, so with the ammonia cycle, fish waste is ammonia, and then there's bacteria that will populate and live within the filters that eat ammonia and they turn it into uh, nitrite. And then there's another group of bacteria that live within uh, the filters that turn nitrite into nitrate, which is the least harmful um, component of it or compound. Okay. The plants, uh, live plants in there, basically when you, nitrate and nitrogen are very closely linked and uh, they use that as um, fertilizer. But sure, not all of, of it, right? So as long as there are fish, there will be ammonia being created, which means that there's always the input of ammonia coming in on the conveyor belt. And the bacteria will break it down, and, but you're eventually going to have too much nitrate. And the only way to get it out of that closed aquarium is to pull the water out and put fresh stuff in. In the ocean, I mean, obviously it just dissipates and there's yeah. all sorts of life that uses it, plankton and everything like that. So when you have a closed-end system like that, you need to make sure that you're removing that stuff. Now, I don't know how you would do that with you know, dirt and plants and stuff like that in a lizard aquarium. But that's one thing is that making sure you can... Waste uh, products are either used or removed. Yeah, and above and beyond just scoop and poop. You know what I mean? Like the obvious stuff. But above and beyond scoop and poop, um, you should be able to make sure that any toxic buildup or anything like that is coming out. You're, you're renewing the environment because nature can't do that for you. Yeah. So... And you might have heard of this in building terrariums, because uh, this is what we're doing on uh, Father's Day. I got two little, I got one for work and one for my room downstairs, mm-hmm. because for some reason I elected to paint all the walls in our office like institutional gray, and right around this time of year it always gets to me, because mm-hmm. I see everything outside all green and nice, and inside it's just servers in gray. Yeah. So my objective was I wanted to do like... Um, Basically, in the woods behind my house, I'm just going to go gather a bunch of moss. Moss is good. Ferns are good. So a couple things to consider um, when you're making like a, just a plant terrarium. Um, humidity, because if you have a plant growing in a pot versus a plant growing inside of a glass container, the humidity is different. They're open-topped. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, it, it may not be a... Like, airflow is different. You know what I mean? So, like, when you... It's like if you were to put water, same amount of water in a dish and the same amount of water in a, like a tum- water tumbler, sure. one's going to evaporate quicker than the other. So just inherent humidity, because you don't want roots to rot or anything like yeah. that, because rot will quickly spread through the substrate and you'll have problems with all your plants, right? Um, heat, so especially uh, if you're going to get natural light, 
uh, going through the, your window and hitting the glass of the aquarium. Um, before you put your little guy in there, get like a little cheap temperature gauge and see how hot it gets and make sure that he can handle that kind of temperature. Yeah, I'd have to ask them that at the store mm-hmm. to see like what what he can handle or whatever. I, I, if, that, if that's the case and it gets too hot, are there lamps that, there's got to be lamps, weed growers use them. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, yeah. that, that, that'll grow a, a plant or that will give a plant sufficient sunlight. Yeah, you can get like you can get bulbs that you can just plug into something as simple as like a, a desk lamp. Yeah, um, you know, because I've had that for house plants where yeah, I just get like a certain type of light and just shove it in the the just a normal like Walmart desk lamp. And that's then, what I probably do at work. That's what I always did with my seedlings and everything like that when I didn't have the. A nice window to grow them in. I just put a little like uh, heat map uh, mat underneath and a desk lamp with uh, the white, like the proper daylight bulb. Yeah. Like specifically grow light bulb for it. Um, Is that something you can buy at Home Depot? Uh, yeah. So that's the one thing with or pet Amazon, sto- I suppose. Go to the pet store, see what it's like, look at the classifications, and then see if you can replicate it in the hardware store. Because, like, for instance, there's, there's filter floss you can get for an aquarium that's, like, this real fine, like, cotton batten type stuff that does a great job of mechanically fil- pardon me, filtering your water. Um, but you can go to, like, the pillow section of Walmart. And, and, yeah, like, so you can get, like, a Ziploc baggie of it for, like, $15 in a pet store. Or you can go get, like, an extra large pillow size of the stuff for $4 at Walmart. Yeah. So the thing is, is that it's convenient that it's in the pet store. You know it'll work for your purpose. But if you know what you're looking for, you might be able to DIY it for cheaper. What do you call You'll probably know what these things are. I forget what they're called. I am very intelligent. Um, and handsome. Little tiny, tiny white bugs. And you can, um, uh, you can buy it like a culture of them. And you add them to a terrarium or you add them to... I've seen them in these... Uh, terrariums with lizards in them and they just hang around in the soil but they like um i gotta look it up i don't know what they're are called. they like are they supposed to be like decomposers or something like that kind of yeah um yeah i don't i don't know specifically what those would be like especially that you could go buy i haven't seen them myself but basically that's the thing so like if you go out into your backyard and you dig up a, a shovel full of soil and then you check it for all kinds of like microbes and nematodes and like all kinds of different like life that's in there. Yeah. They're basically living in the soil and they're decomposing everything. They're eating what's in the soil. Now that's the thing in your closed end system in a terrarium, that's not going to inherently be there. And there's also not, you know, hundreds or thousands of feet of dirt that can go down, right? <coughs> how long could you realistically, and you may not Pardon know, me. but uh, how long can you realistically expect plants uh, to last in a terrarium? As long as they have food, water, adequate temperatures, uh, well, can, I'll say conditions, sure. and room, um, for as long as those conditions maintain. The, the problem is, is because it's an artificial system, you have to provide all those things. It, it's just like, you know, if you had a pine tree or you had a beech or an oak or something like that growing in a backyard and the area flooded and then the ground got waterlogged and then now the trees can't handle that, they would die off. So nature's conditions, as long as the conditions are there, the plants will grow. Um, but you don't have any of the inherent benefits that nature provides, yeah. but you're also providing shelter from you know cold temperatures and things like that. Yeah. So as long as... 
you know, you can provide an area that the plant has all its boxes ticked, it should be able to live a long time. Unless something freaky happens, like plants can get viruses, fungus yeah, yeah. can uh, make sure, you know, that if you have plants that are dying or, or not even dying, but just dropping leaves, getting the leaf litter out there because it's not going to compost the way a compost pile will, you'll just start getting mold or you'll start getting fungus that can spread through your whole area. So that's the other thing. Like, you remember that uh, boxwood that I bought and was, I ended up giving it to my uh, grandma and she's still doing it. Like, this is year two or something. Bonsai? Like that. Yeah, yeah, a little bonsai. And I was considering doing something like that at my work when we were talking about that. And I was like, well, I don't have any windows in my office. And now I've gotten to thinking about this lamp. And I'm like, well, maybe I could run that. Like, I don't, I don't, I have no idea how that would work. But these are all just the things floating around in my head. And this is like you, I'm sure you remember me talking to you like last year about what kind of plants can I put in my office. Yeah. And it's gone now to little tiny, like palm-sized terrariums of, like, literally, it's just going to be a bunch of moss and a stick. Well, you know what's really neat? Like, my um, my mom was always really interested in dollhouses and, like, extremely realistic dollhouses. And I was into, like, bonsai trees and stuff like that. And I always thought it'd be really neat. Um, you couldn't necessarily use true grass, but... So one thing that they use in aquariums is something called dwarf hair grass. And um, it, it's an aquarium plant, like it's aquatic, but it grows in substrate on the bottom. And sure enough, just looks like grass, it's beautiful. And I've seen little plants that look like, but aren't grass, that if you could just get to grow, like you could basically almost make it like a model golf course or something, like a golf hole or something with tropical plants. You just have to make sure to keep trimming them to keep them small. Certain plants are going to grow too fast and you'll never be able to keep them small enough. Yeah. Whereas certain bonsai trees can be over 100 years old and never more than like two feet tall, right? Two questions. Where do you get those plants from? Um, I... Because for terrariums, I've heard of people just taking cuttings of like wandering Jew and stuff like that. Yeah, there's a lot... That's the nice thing. A lot of plants that are good for terrariums, they're very simple, very easy um, to grow. Like a lot of succulents. I've never had luck with them myself. Um, but Frank um, from Shop and Go, the garden center that I love going to, um, he's he's told me like you know whenever I tell him certain things that I want to my my dabbles in like trying to grow plants from cuttings, he always laughs at me. He's like, it's super easy, super easy. Um, one place if you're specifically looking for terrarium specific materials, plants decorations and stuff like that. Walter's Greenhouse has that. Oh, and every, really? Every now and then, Walter's will have a workshop on creating a, a terrarium. Cool. Now, it's it's very... It's not necessarily like... You were looking at stuff like vivariums, where it's like plants and fish and animals and stuff all living in one enclosed stuff. I was looking at some crazy shit today. And it's YouTube. so... I'm not gonna lie to you. you look at that and you just wipe and drool off your lips, right? Yeah. But um, it's nowhere near that level. It's very... It's almost like a little three plant in an ashtray with some like decorative moss on top. Like not yeah, yeah. live moss, but like just decorative moss. So, I mean, you'll you'll get that level of information from um, Walters, but there there's a lot of uh, a lot of materials there for you. The only knock I have on it is just it, um, just like this thing with the filter foss, how it, how it's tailored for that purpose you'll get everything you need there. It'll just be a little more expensive. So is there, like, for instance, a substrate? There's guys talking about this, that, and the other. Well, it depends on... So... Because, like, I also watched a couple today on, like, uh, uh, 
native something or other. Like, it's just basically going around in the woods and collecting shit and putting it in a glass jar. And those guys were just using dirt from the ground. Well, that's the thing. If you go into your you, you, the woods behind your house and you probably see a thousand different mosses and a thousand different um, ferns and everything growing out there. And it's like whatever conditions are in those woods, whatever soil is in those woods, will grow ferns because it's doing it. Yeah. Now, the problem is, is that um, can you replicate those conditions inside your house? And remember, every summer, um, you know, the ground heats up to a certain temperature. There's a certain amount of water that falls in. There's a certain amount of light that gets through. Um, and the fall, leaves, leaves fall to the ground and create leaf litter, and that rejuvenates the nutrients in the soil. Yeah. You're not going to have that in your aquarium. You're not going to have the, bite, uh, the bugs and the bacteria and the microbes in the soil um, especially after reading that book, like The Hidden Life of Trees and everything like that, it makes it that much more impressive when you look at terrariums and things like that because either they're adding a lot of extra chemicals in to keep those plants alive or they're able to create a very rich um, environment within those glass can- canisters, right? Yeah. But um, there's a lot of things that in that forest you're going to have that you're not going to be able to replicate. But take your cues from nature, right? So like... If you see it growing in nature, try to mimic nature. Those are always the most impressive. Those are the most impressive um, aquariums or terrariums or things like that. If you see like 11 goldfish in a tiny aquarium with like neon yellow rocks at the bottom, I mean, that's not impressive. Kids would like that because it's colorful. Yeah. But for me, the most impressive aquariums are always the ones that look like nature, you know? Did you ever take uh, uh, logs or rocks from nature and deposit them into your aquariums? Because I'm sure you'd have to like do something to it, right? <coughs> uh, so you, typically, if you're preparing like driftwood for um, an aquarium, you need to waterlog it so it'll sink. So the wood. Oh right. So like, think about a tree that falls in the water versus a log that's been underwater for forever. Yeah. Pull it out and put it side by side. The differences in the wood, right? So um, basically what you need to do is if you find suitable wood, and on Joey's, in Joey's book or on Joey's website, there's a lot of stuff to help with that, but I just haven't taken the, the time to do it. But uh, um, certain woods are better than others because they'll hold up underwater, like, just like you wouldn't want to build your deck out of one type of wood versus another yeah. because it won't hold up to the elements. Um, if it's, it has to be able to survive underwater. So typically what you do is you um, you find this log. Let's say let's say you cut down a tree, and because I did do that, I cut down a corkscrew willow, um, and I've got branches about as thick as my forearm that are all gnarly and bent across each other, and it looks really a nightmare before Christmassy. Mm-hmm. So I want to use that. So I don't know if this is exactly true, but how I've read it is basically you leave those outside to weather, and you know what whatever's gonna rot's gonna rot. Whatever's going to age is going to age. And then you trim it up so that way you only have non-rotted wood. Yep. Um, that might take a couple months for it to age outside. Then you bring it indoors and you bake it in the oven to kill any bacteria, kill anything that's inherent in the gonna wood. I was going to say, you'd have to. And dry it out. Yeah. Then you boil it. And you boil it in water to, again, kill anything that may have survived the other thing. Now it's going to, you know, if it, if it survives the baking in the oven and then boiling in the water... You deserve to kill all my fish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what that does, too, is it, it's kind of like when you put a tea bag in hot water and all the tea leaches out. So all the tannins in the wood are going to leach out when you boil it. And you might need to change your water several times until it boils clear. Mm. Because if you put 
the, in the aquarium and you haven't leached out those tannins, it's going to stain your water. For sure. It's going to frig with your water chemistry. Um, and then eventually, that also helps waterlog it so it'll sink. But So there's a lot of... You don't just go out into the woods, that's a cool log, and drop it in your aquarium. Splash! Yeah, and then all of a sudden your <laughs> water parameters are all out and you can't... Because that's the thing. Whatever this, this log is doing, it's going to keep pitching your water around until it reaches homeostasis, right? Yeah. So you need to keep adding fresh water, removing the water out until it stops inherently leaching these things out. That's why you boil it first to make it as inert as possible. So the other thing I was thinking about, uh, I have two separate containers, right? I'm going to do, uh, one is like literally the size of an ashtray, but it's uh, the walls, I guess, or it's, uh, it's about four inches tall. And yep. uh, it's uh, just a little, maybe four or five inch rectangle. And my other one's a circle, and it's probably about eight inches, and it's got a nice sloped cut on it. So it's kind of, you know, a more decorative piece of glass. And uh, in that one, what I was going to do is get like a 136th or 148th scale um, World War II like Spitfire or something like that, and then model it and paint it essentially so that it were crashed. Yeah, that's cool. And then kind of model a uh, terrarium around, I always want to say terraria. Yeah. You know what I mean? But a terrarium around the idea that this thing has been crashed. <laughs> You know what the cool thing about that is, is that you don't have the, I mean, you want to make sure it doesn't rust or anything like that and leach into the soil. Um, but I wanted to make it look like, I wanted to make an aquarium, and I'm glad I didn't because it probably would have been hard to pair fish with it, but I wanted to make an aquarium look like a fallout scene or with like the destroyed buildings and like the... the and like the water had risen? Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. a submerged, um, like realistic looking but decrepit city. The problem is, is that you gotta be careful that like the decorations or whatever you paint them with or cover them with doesn't leach chemicals in the water, and also doesn't raise or lo or lower your pH. So Joey, uh, king of DIY on YouTube, the aquarium guy that we had on the show, like, yeah, yeah. episodes and episodes ago, he has this really neat video about going and getting river rocks and dropping in your aquarium. And and you might think, well, yeah, I'll just grab some rocks out of the thing and drop them in my aquarium. Well, depending on the different like. Um, makeup of the you know limestone or calcium or the hardness of these rocks um that's going to pitch your hardness of your water like Branford has notoriously hard water anytime you dip uh aquarium test strip and just a glass of water out of the tap your water hardness is off the scale too high and it's just inherent in our water so if you have rocks that are you know, very high in mineral like hardness and you put it in water that is low, like soft water, it can screw up your tank and certain fish need soft water like catfishes and stuff like that versus others that like hard water or just don't have a preference. So what he did is he, he said, get some vinegar, just white vinegar, like the chemical vinegar and pour it on the rock. And if it fizzes, then you know it's below a certain pH. And I'm like, shit that you just wouldn't even consider, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's the thing is that, so fish might be able to live in this river that has these rocks in here, like limestone or whatever, but there's, it's always renewing, there's rainwater falling. You're going to have a glass box full of dirt or full of, or full of stuff. So, but with a terrarium, it's a little bit different because you don't have that water sure. that is going to leach It's almost up. like there's a little bit more leeway. A little bit, yeah. Uh, in but, uh, one way, I suppose. In one way, that's true. You don't have that water that everything that can be tarnished by stuff, but you also can't just pull 60% of your water out and add fresh new water in. 
like I can at my aquarium. My water parameters get a little too like too high in nitrate, or my pH gets a little screwy. I could just add some pH down if I want. I never bother with that, but or I could just pull my water out and add fresh stuff in. Well, you can't really do that with dirt, especially if you have established roots and everything like that. If you're going ecosystem style, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're just growing some plants in like a, a decorative glass vase and stuff like that, you absolutely have a lot more leeway either way. Yeah. I think that's a cool way of doing it. And like what you were saying about wiping drool off your mouth when you're looking at the ones, like I was looking at ones that have like frogs living under a waterfall that's dumping into a little reservoir where there's fish living. You got a lizard lapping it up here and there's just like, it's a whole goddamn sphere I going watch, on in one area. So I have a 60 gallon aquarium, which might be, I'm not very good at spatial relations, but let's say maybe five feet wide, a foot deep, um, you know, like... It's about that. And then maybe three feet high, give or take a couple inches on every one of those dimensions. So if you wanted to make a vivarium in there, just roughly. So what you'd want to do is you'd want to get like some type of um, brace, basically, to hold, to, to leave the center empty. And then you fill up the left and right sides of that brace, whatever that is, whether it's glass or however you want to do it. Um, and then you fill that with rocks. But basically, you were describing, fill it with rocks and then with a little bit of substrate and then soil, and then you plant your plants in that. And then you, so basically now you've got ground up to this point, but only in the sides. And then you fill the water up to here. And then what the water will do is uh, how's your fish? You'll have plants, so the roots will go down through the substrate and everything like that, and use some of the extra nitrate and everything in there. And then you'll have your animals up top. You just have to make sure they don't fall into the water. But <laughs> and and that's and that's really amazing because Or just get animals that can swim real good. Well if you <laughs> oh, yeah, and don't eat fish. Yeah. But if yeah. you if you think about it like as cl- the closer you can make everything to nature, the better because in the aquariums that I have live plants in, I have I have fish that eat live plants, so I can't have um, plants with them. And I have to change their water immeasurably more than the aquarium that has all the live plants in it. it because you're not, maybe you can, but you're, I would think you're never really going to have um, a tank that you're never going to have to clean the water in because there's always an end game, right? There's a ceiling there. But I could probably change the water once in my planted tank for every three times I have to, plant, I have to change the one that has the fish without the plants in it. Because the nitrates build up quicker because there's nothing on the other end using them, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, you're always going to have to do the maintenance because, again, you're maintaining a closed-end system. Um, but, yeah, just find ways. You know, it's easier to grow small plants than it is to trim big plants. You know, so if you don't uh. don't put a rubber tree, don't get a, like a cutting of a rubber tree. Be like, I'm just going to trim this rubber tree because those in the right conditions can grow 15 feet tall <laughs> or they can grow. They can grow three feet tall anyway in your living room. Yeah. So it's like you're not going to keep that on your you get you got something to write something down on. Yeah. I'm going to give you a, a plant to look up. That's my absolute favorite plant. Kay. I don't know. It probably wouldn't work well in an aqua- in a terrarium with uh, a lizard, but it'd just be cool as a desktop garden. It's L-I-T-H-O-P-S. Lithops, I think, is the pronunciation. And its common name is Livingstone. Yeah. If I could have... If, if someone said, I'm going to give you... With a 20% success rate penalty to every other plant you're going to grow, <laughs> I'm going to give you a 100% success rate with one plant, it would be Lithops. 
It is the coolest. They look, they're called living stones, and that's exactly what they look like. They look like stones. They They, look like little brains. They look like little brains, little rocks, and they're succulents. So basically, they're they're inside of them. They're very, like, full of water. Yeah. Just like aloe vera or just like, you know, jade plants and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Those are amazing in little small terrarium, like desktop gardens. Pretty neat stuff. I'll tell you what my end game is. All right. My end game is that when I'm 60 and I, I really know how to do this shit, I'm going to have a model railroad that goes through like an actual forest of bonsai trees. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I, was, I Or remember. like a wargaming table. Yeah, man. Like That like has live plants on it. <coughs> I remember when I first started, I was like, I think I was just in high school. I first started getting into bonsai trees and everything. And I got... I remember it all so vividly. I got a book called Bonsai Life Histories, and it was by a guy named Martin Treasure was his name. And I even <laughs> emailed him, because this is when email just first started becoming ubiquitous. So I emailed him, and he emailed me back. And uh, it was amazing, because he had it truly was like a life history. It showed when he first acquired the tree or the bush or whatever, what he did to it to make it a bonsai, and what it looked like when it was complete, and then what it looked like two, five, ten years later depending on how long he had the plant. And there was so many things where my neighbor was getting rid of their hedges, and I asked if I could have six or seven of the bare root specimens, right? So basically this hedge that at one point was like six, seven feet tall, just a hedge that had been growing, homeboy comes in, digs it up, trims the roots down, cuts it to about maybe, you know, maybe a foot to two feet tall, and then in three, four years, he's got a legit-ass tree that looks like a full-grown tree, and then he does, like, the moss and all the decorative stuff, and it's just, like... And it looks, like, full-to-scale, healthy as shit, amazing. And I look at that, and I'm like, that guy is a warlock. (laughs) You know? Like, it's it's just so amazing. And then whenever I did it, I just just had these stumps, (laughs) you know? And it's just just amazing, because it... What it does, it's kind of like what that book, again, The Hidden Life of Trees, I can't talk about it enough, did for me. It just made me realize that no matter what you think is important, you know, oh, I really got to get that promotion, or oh, man, I'm so close to a 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, and, you know, it's all this petty, created, nonsensical BS that if the power grid went out tomorrow would be irrelevant. Yeah. Um, there's an entire planet of life that's just happening below our feet and has been and will from long before we were here and long after we're gone. And it's just, you can watch it happen, man. I had a corkscrew willow tree and it had grown from a little bush about four feet tall that I bought and planted in my backyard to about 17 feet tall. It was Jurassic parking my yard. So, I mean, I've been playing with bonsaiing for a long time. And so I decided, okay, I need to cut this thing back before, like, you know, it grabs my family and pulls us up into its canopy, right? So I'm like, I need to cut this guy back. And I cut it back to basically looking like chicken wing that had all the meat taken off it, right? It was yeah. just bare bones. And my wife's like, my God, like, there's nothing left of that tree. It's not going to survive. And I'm, I didn't know that it would. I just remembered that it should right yeah and true enough it's like probably about four weeks five weeks ago that i did all the cutting off and it has exploded in growth did we go into my backyard when you came over yes but i did not see that oh dude like this tree is just absolutely insane it makes me think i should prune my apple trees maybe i mean certain trees you certain trees take very well to pruning whereas other ones it's like 
Like, for instance, dill. Don't think you're going to dig up your dill and transplant it with good success. Whereas you can dig up mint because you want it to die, and it will just come back stronger. Yeah. Yeah. um, But, yeah, I I trimmed it all back because it was getting kind of leggy and everything like that. And I had these smooth, big old smooth trunk, and I left, like, the main thick branches. So it's like I left the strong bones of the tree. And it was just smooth bark. There was, like, nothing there, no buds that you could have seen. And now all of a sudden, there's, like, shoots coming out from, like, almost ground level. Like, this whole (laughs) thing just went, like, cousin it. You know, it's just, like, there's shoots coming from everywhere that as I choose which ones stay and which ones go will become future branches. And it's, like, that's just happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, that is life right there. I hate to get all hippy dippy, but we're nearing the end of the uh, podcast, so we might as well. Let's get hippy dippy. It's uh, when you're saying about homeboy who goes and grabs rocks and he throws them in his aquarium, and you can see like, oh, here's the difference in pH. I think you said so. Yeah. Like, there's a measurable difference that it's affecting um, the the surroundings, mm-hmm. right? And it changes the system. Yeah. Can you imagine? The damage we've inflicted. I'm like, I hate, I'm not trying to be like super lefty or whatever. No. But when I think about that, I just think about like the dude, like the, the dude, like four or five days ago instead, but because I was hot, that's why I did it. Okay. I threw the, you know, the empty thing of Pam. I threw the empty Pam thing in the garbage because I didn't want to walk over to the, to the blue box. Yeah. And I just like that's it. You just killed seven pandas. That that thing right there just for sure wiped out giraffes. And I don't know how it would wipe out giraffes. They could choke on it. Giraffes it, though. If if a giraffe got that in his mouth, he'd probably choke on it. Why would he have it in his mouth? Because he's hungry. So because someone cut down container? all the giraffe trees. Because <laughs> Pam's delicious. Because <laughs> he's like man. Giraffe's like you know what I want some oil. These leaves are a lot better <laughs> when you spray them with Pam. Um, no, I mean that's completely true, right? Like. It, uh, it's, it's just like there's sort of a rule and it, it only works with certain trees. You should never cut off more than a third of its roots or yeah. you should never cut off more than a third of its um, leaves or branches, right? Uh, let it, you prune it by a third, let it recover and then prune a third, let it recover and then prune the final third, right? Because if you do too much, you'll shock it because inherently it needs a certain amount of root mass to sustain its top it needs a certain amount of leaf mass to sustain its bottom, right? Because certain plants, perennials, you can cut right down to the ground and they come back next year. It's like their brain is in their roots, right? Because um, you can cut the head off, but then it grows back next year. But you screw up those roots, it's dead. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think at least until the sun explodes, um, <laughs> the earth inherently has certain restorative properties, right? And it's like, well, it's always, been, it's always gotten better before. Or the earth can take care of itself. And I believe that's inherently true. Like if you, uh, is it Centralia in New Jersey or wherever, where there's like that giant like garbage fire underneath that's been burning for like 50 years or something like that? I don't know. Oh my God. Rabbit hole right down Centralia. I don't want to. It's a rabbit hole beyond rabbit hole. (laughs) So basically like imagine just like Eagle Place. Yeah. Evacuated. No one's allowed to live there because there's a raging fire underneath the neighborhood that's been burning for generations. Okay. And it's basically, I mean, I, I don't think anybody lives there anymore, but the people live there past the evacuation order and nature's just kind of taking it back a little bit, you know? And it's like, 
you'll get to that point where, yeah, if you clear cut a path through a forest to build whatever and then you decided not to, it would grow the forest back. But if you cut the whole forest down, the forest isn't just going to grow back, right? Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, I think all the small little affronts to the planet and everything like that will be fine until the tipping point comes. But I don't know, man. That's the thing. When you, when you dick around with little small stuff like this, you just, unless you're an asshole, but you you get like a little, <laughs> that's always the caveat. That's the caveat to this entire podcast. <laughs> but you'll get, you'll get this every a, single episode. Yeah, of course. But you get like the little appreciation. It's like, oh, you know that neat little environment that I just created for the animals that live in it? I live in a neat little environment, you know, and I need to be worried about the pH levels of my water or the air quality of my air. But somebody's not dipping little strips in your water every day, checking it out. Because they got chips to eat and bitches to fuck. Actually, it's it's probably true that there are people doing that. We just don't care. <laughs> it's probably Tom, the, the preparedness guy. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's like, I dip all the strips in the water every day, guys, son. Guys, guys! <laughs> I dip them strips so you don't have to. Internet. I'm going to buy a gecko. You know what's really funny? Uh, I just had a brief moment of panic. Did you see me reach up to my ear there? No. Because I thought that the little arm of the microphone on my headset was down, so it wouldn't have got anything <laughs> I said. And I realized that I'm not using my gaming headset right now. I have a giant foamy snowman dick of a microphone. In front hey, of me right how now. about Awesome Knots, by the way? That that came back real quick. Real easy, eh? Oh, yeah. And we dominated that game. Probably because we don't play anyone who's any good. <laughs> as soon as we play someone good, we just get drowned. You know what sucks about being an adult? I was like, dude, we should play soon. Not tonight. Not tomorrow night. Maybe Friday night after like 9.30. Do you think we can book a day off in like <laughs> August? <laughs> yeah. Uh, internet, you know how to get a hold of us. Go online. Look us up, bitch. Just <laughs> do your homework. Drink your milk. Eat your vitamins. Don't be a dick. <laughs>